This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by a five-time All-Star. Four times he won the Gold Glove. He's the host of his own podcast uh, as well. It's the Adam Jones Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Adam Jones. Adam, thanks for coming on the program. Booney, for you, man, you already know I'll do anything for you. Just like you told me as an 18-year-old kid, you said, kid, just give me the damn ball. I don't care where it's at. Just give That's me the right. damn ball. And that's what we was turning double plays. And I remember throwing one way behind you, and you just turned it. And I'm, as soon as I release it, I'm like, oh, my damn. But I've watched you flip it and turn it, and you run off the field just like, that's what I'm, that, that a baby. And I'm like, <sighs> That's right. I do remember that because something, <laughs> you know, that's something that comes up, Adam, all the time with uh, – it's a little bit different now with the rule change and guys can't take you out, so it's not as imperative. But you're right. Back then, any new guy I worked with in the middle, I'd always say they said, you know, because in spring training, for example, you were a shortstop for a long time before Mm -hmm. you you moved to center field and you're always working with a partner and you have preferences. Hey, where do you like the ball? This side or that ball? You're right. I always used to say, I don't care where you throw it. (laughs) Just hit me. Just get it in my vicinity. And then I can work with it because the earlier I get it, now I have time. If you get it to me late, and you miss your spot, now I'm in trouble. Now that guy's on top of me barreling down. That's cool that you remember that because I, I, I always used to say that I, I forgot. I haven't heard that for a long time, but it's the truth. Get me the damn yeah. ball. One of my best memories. I mean, it's – and that was how I played the game is, you know, get the ball in. Is when I went to center field, get the ball into the middle infielders as quick as possible. Just get the ball in as quick as possible. And uh, – that was a it was a very important lesson for just how I played the game and just how I played defense. My career, I was kind of known as a as a Mariner. Obviously, you're known as an Oriole. Um, you're a Padre to me, though. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I'm a Padre. You're a Padre. You're a Padre. 
Padre to me. Um, You're Padre to me. I don't care. You, Kevin Brown. Y'all Padres to me. How close are you paying attention to this team this year? They won 101 games. Uh, they just announced Brandon Hyde, manager of the year, beat out Bruce Bochy, who pretty pretty <clears throat> unprecedented comeback. Gunnar Henderson just won the rookie of the year. Um, and and the Orioles have gone a long time. You know, they're two years removed for 110 uh, lost season. They're on the map. It looks like, from what I see from this team, especially the back half of the bullpen, I know Bautista went down late. Uh, looks like a, a team that's going to be good for years to come. I mean, I've watched them since the day I left. Obviously, uh, I played for Arizona, then went to Japan, but I still paid attention to what was going on in Birdland because that is my home, my second home. That is my identity as a professional athlete. And uh, I always root for them. And I told them when I went back there this year, I've been rooting for you guys the second I left here, no matter what. And uh, it's good to see them have success. It's good for the fan base also because it is a deep, enriched baseball fan base. I know that football gets the garnership because they've won championships in the last uh, decades recently. So obviously, you know, with their track record and their success, they get the attention. But what Brandon Hyde has done, what Mike Elias has done, uh, what D'Angelo's family has done with, by putting them in the position to succeed has been great. Obviously, you got – Gunnar Henderson winning Rookie of the Year. Adley Rushman, one of the best catchers in the game. Uh, Austin Hayes, a finalist in um, the Gold Glove, an all-star. They're, they're starting to garner more awards, and I think that when you start to garner more awards as a team, that means – individually, I should say, but for the team, I think that that means that people are noticing your team is good. When I first got to Baltimore, we had one all-star, maybe a Gold Glover here and there but one all-star. Then we became good in 2012 and we get three all-stars and then six all-stars. So when you have, I think that the team success helps out when it comes to the individuality, because, you know, when you got 101 wins, people are going to pay attention and they're going to start to see who, how did this team do this? And you're going to put more people on the map. And to that next year, 2024, guys are going to be aiming for them. So I just want them to be prepared. And I think that they understand that the bullseye is going to be on them. I think it's cool the parody that that we're bringing into the game during my time uh, in that American League in that American League East. It was always every year. It seemed like it was the Yankees and the Red Sox. I thought that rivalry was good for baseball, but it's nice to see that's broken up. Tampa Bay kind of in the late two thousands kind of broke through and became a force. Recently, that seems like they go to the playoffs every year. They haven't found a way to win that World Series, and I don't say that lightly because you know you played for a long time. Winning a World Series, people win World Series. Like, oh, yeah, he won a World Series. Man, that's a big deal. And it's really hard to do. Uh, and e each and every year when they when the winner is crowned, I, I sit there and I watch and I go, I just hope these guys appreciate how hard it is, man, because I played a long time. I got there. I uh, never got to win one, but it's it's a special, special thing. The tide is changing now, and, and it's not just – it's not the Yankees and the Red Sox every year. By by uh by the Orioles breaking through this year, it's the Orioles. Toronto Blue Jays got a they got a young, uh, almost a lot of people would say underachieving team at this point. More people expected more out of that Toronto team. The Rays are still a factor every year. It's a wide open division with the Orioles kind of doing what they did this year, saying, "Hey, we're here," and and I think probably the best division in all of baseball right now. Um, 
it'll be interesting what happens in the in the coming years. Does does this make the Yankees go out and spend a bunch of money and and get some players? That's what the Orioles winning does to other teams. You know, what do the Red Sox do this offseason? It'll be interesting. Your take. Exactly what I was going to say is by the Orioles winning, all the other uh, franchises, especially the big two juggernauts, the Yankees and the Red Sox, are like, hold on. They had a $60, $70 million payroll, and they're just steamrolling, beating the crap out of us all the last couple years. What are we doing wrong? Um, Obviously, you see Boston had a change with, uh, with the general manager. A uh, new general manager coming in, and you know, you know, Boston. They're not. They're not going to take a couple losing years lightly. They are a winning franchise, a winning city. So you know, they're going to be back on the prowl in 2024. The Yankees, the same way. There's no such thing as rebuild in New York. So they're going to be back, and I, I think that's exciting. I think what the Orioles did in, in 2023 is it made everybody be like, oh, these youngsters. First off, development. I mean, I think the Orioles have developed their prospects the best in the division. And right next to Tampa, Tampa's done a terrific job developing their guys. You see every person that comes up is ready to play in the big leagues. Uh, they never skip a beat, no matter who goes down. Glass now goes down, so they're still 95 wins. Uh, another starter goes down, that doesn't matter. Franco suspended, that doesn't matter. They still maintain. So they have a great formula. Like I said, uh, Toronto, to me, I think is the most talented team in all of baseball. You know, on paper, per position, I would say they're putting pound for pound the most talented team. And yeah, I think they underachieved because I think a lot of people had them as a playoff team. Um, and, you know, I, they got to the first, no, I don't think they made, they didn't make the playoffs this year. And, you know, I, for them, I would, I would even say, well, if you ask them, they would say it's underachieving because of the talent that they have and how good they are. I mean, Galsman in finishing in the top of uh Cy Young finalists. Like there's so much talent in the American League East. And I think 2024, it's going to get back to where it's five competitive teams rather than two to three, like it was uh, this year. And it can be two now. I mean, on a given year, and it's probably unlikely with the new format where it's everybody plays everybody and it's not division mm-hmm. heavy like it used to be. Mathematically, four teams can come out of there and go to the playoffs because there's so many spots now. Yeah. There's 12 spots. So mathematically, that can happen. I, I don't know. That's going to be a tough division uh, for years to come. Talk about playing in Baltimore. You played there, I believe, eleven seasons. Uh, yes, I remember when Camden years. Yards. I remember when Camden Yard was relatively new. Kind of, you know. I remember when I knew Camden Yards when Griffey had the the home run derby at Camden Yards and he hit the building. That kind of put it on the put it on the map uh, nationwide. For years and years, I'd go to Baltimore, and this is before you even started playing. And everybody loved going to Baltimore. Oh, going to Camden Yards. It was the new state-of-the-art stadium. Uh, Baltimore in the early 2000s, for me, they weren't very good. And hitters couldn't wait to get there. And I couldn't stand it. I'd get there, Adam. You know, you ever have a yard that's nice, it's beautiful, you can't get a hit? That's me at Camden Yard. It was just one of those (laughs) things like, man, I hope the crab's good this trip because I don't know how many hits I'm going to get, but I know the crab's going to be good. Uh, my first couple of years, my first 08, 08 and 09 when I got traded over there, I mean, hitters were running to the bat, to the to the batter's box against us. I mean, it was a track meet. And we were a rebuilding team. Uh, so we had a lot of young prospects mixed with some veterans with uh, with with Millar, Ramon Hernandez, B-Rob. So we had, we had some mixtures of, of some guys. I played with Jay Payton, taught me a lot. Um, but 
me, for me, it was an opportunity to go out there and play every single day. Uh, in Seattle, I knew the situation. Um, you know, once Felix became the man, they, they, and then each row moved to center field. These guys, like they wanted to, they wanted to win. And you know, when you want to win, prospects are expendable. I was told early on by Mark McElmore, hey, I know you got drafted by the Mariners. You're playing for 29 other teams when you're in the minor leagues. So go out there every day and play hard because somebody is watching. So when I got over to Baltimore, I was like, you know what? I got an opportunity to play every single day. The manager said it's your job to lose. And hey, you know, you know me. If you give me something, you give me a task, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fulfill it. And you know, for 10 and a half years, I went out there every day as an everyday center fielder until Mullins came and you know, the natural progression. He he manned center field and he's taken over center field now. But I appreciated every inning I ever got to play in Baltimore. Um, the fans, they, they were, they were, they were, I would say they were with me, especially if I was really, really willing and ready to play hard. Um, I think fans these days, they're tired of excuses, um, especially with social media. Now you can make, there's so many ways you can make an excuse. Baltimore, they don't care about that. That's a blue collar city. They just asked me to play hard. And all I did, that's all I tried to do. The accolades, I see you got your gold gloves, your silver sluggers. The all-stars, like the accolades came from my teammates putting me in the best position. Um, you know, unfortunately, my pitchers gave up some some uh, some line drives, high velocity balls, and I was able to go run them down. Uh, they, they, that's helped me win some gold gloves. But my teammates put me in the best positions. And by me being healthy every day, going out there every single day, playing hard, playing hurt, playing injured, you know, we all, we all go out and play our own way and, uh, you know, battle our own injuries. But the fans just appreciated the way I played. The community appreciated the way I uh, presented myself. And it was a blast. So, um, you know, hopefully in the future, I'm able to get back in, in the city and work in the organization, work in the city. Because I think that uh, the legacy that I have there, it can be continued because I did so much in the community. And now that, you know, sorry that Brooks Robinson has passed, Boo Powell is a little older, Cal Ripken is older, has a lot of things on his plate. I think it's the perfect time for me to implement myself in that city, in that organization, and just take over because there's so much that I left unfinished because I left at 33. I think now that I come, if I was able to come back, there's so much I can do in that community, in that city, uh, not just on the baseball field. They, they have that. But in that community, in the city, I think I can do really, really big things in Baltimore in the future. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The thing that resonates me that what you said is the ability to play every day and and be on the field. I had Eric Karos, the ex-Dodger, on. And something that really resonates with me that he said was he said, Booney, there should be a, a sixth. Uh, when, when you're scouting somebody, you, there's five categories. There's arm strength. There's, uh, you know, hitting. You're, you're a four now, and you, you could be a six. He said there should be a sixth uh, category, and that's for the ability to post. I look at your career, and you came up in 06, Minimal playing time, 06, 07, 08, when you took the reins and you were the guy. I don't see a year that the least amount of plate appearances you had in your entire career was over 500. You don't see that much. 
You don't see that even in my generation. You did on occasion, but you definitely don't see it in today's generation of guys. The ability to post, I think it's so important. Uh, and, and yeah, some guys are more vulnerable to being hurt. Uh, some guys just genetically aren't built to, to stay healthy. They pull hamstrings uh, and some guys are blessed, but there's also a part of taking care of yourself and, and the way you play the game, allowing yourself to be out there and, and, and to be accountable to your teammates. I always felt that too, as a player, I felt like my guys depend on me when I, when I go to the ballpark, they depend on me being in the lineup. And, and the fact that what I looked at your, your resume and your at bats per year, you were about as healthy and, and, and posted about as well as anybody in your generation. Yeah. Um, you know, I got over to Baltimore I mean, it all started with, I mean, my first trainer I had in pro ball, Rick Griffin. Um, he, Hey, Hey kid. He, he told me about my body, about my biometrics. He's the first person to tell me about my hip. He was like, you got FAI femoral acetabular impingement. These are workouts that you can do to make it strong, to stay on the field. A lot of people have had this, and you know some people have not played out their careers because of this. And he told me early, this is how you handle it. Then I get traded over to Baltimore. I got Richie Bansales. Richie Bansales is second senior, or third senior at the time, to Rick Griffin and the guy in Chicago at the time and for the White Sox. And I get over there, and I'm like, well, damn, he had Cal Ripken. Let me ask for let me ask him for a day off. Let me go into his office and say, hey, hey, Richie, I got a sore knee. I, I you know, my back is tweaked. I need a day off. I, I never went in there with a day off. And to this day, me and him talk about that. He said, You never came in there and ever asked me or tried to convince me that you couldn't play. You always try to convince me that you could play. Even though I knew that you shouldn't play, you convinced me that you could play. And that was always my mentality is I need to be on that field. But also I knew how to, I learned how to take care of my body. I learned how uh, on road trips, not to take batting practice every day, um, not to shag every single day. I learned how to, especially once the summer starts, and Baltimore in summers is warm, um, learn how to minimize my on-field activity and give all my, my energy to the game. And I learned how to do that. Wayne Kirby was very instrumental in helping me uh, learn how to conserve my energy because I'd go out there, and, yeah, I'm 22, 23, I can just go shag all day, not realizing that, you know, come 7, 8 o'clock, I'm just gassed, not thinking that. And, you know, just it was a small things that helped me preserve myself. And, you know, obviously I, I would give myself, you know, it goes to my parents, too. The guy they gave me some good bones and drank milk as a kid. And, you know, it, it, it's that sixth tool, like you said, is knock on wood. And I've never really been hurt in my life. So um, it's just or injured, I should say. So it's just a sixth tool of awareness, body awareness, biometrics. And, you know, at the same time, I always played with my hair on fire. I never played scared. Like, oh, if I if, like you see me run into walls, I never was like, oh, I got to let me brace for this wall. I'm like, I'm about to catch this ball. This wall is about to get this body. So I just think it was a culmination of everything. And then having the right, you know, the, the, just the right people around me, right people pushing me and uh, the right trainers. How, how easy was your uh, switch from shortstop to center fielders? Now, I. I played second my entire career. I was a shortstop through college. And to this day, I always say, you know, when people ask, I said, I, I can tell you this, always the most talented guy on the field is a shortstop, especially at the big league level. If you can play short in the big leagues, you can play anywhere. Uh, not true for other, for other positions. If you can play first base, that doesn't mean you can run out and play center field. But most shortstops, if I give them a glove, and you know this, they can go play anywhere. 
how was mm-hmm. the the transition for you to center field when you were told you were going to be a center fielder did you did you embrace it were you a little resilient to it tell me tell me how that went down so it's i remember this day like yesterday it was august 3rd in uh, 05 and i'm in san antonio double a and everybody just got called up uh unesky betting got court just got called up to the big leagues mike morris got called up to the big leagues um and i get called up to double a and Three days after Betancourt is there, it's an organizational email. Everybody's switching from shortstop to outfield or some other position except for uh, as Jubal Cabrera. So me, uh, Tuyasa Sopo, <laughs> Mike Morris, we're gone. We're the big shortstop, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, shortstops. You guys are going to different positions. And I had Gary Thurman at the time, and he, was, he explained it to me. He's like, hey, I know you want to play shortstop. That's your position. But he said, hey. It don't matter as long as you're in the big leagues. That's that's the ultimate goal, right? And I'm like, hell yeah! I was like, all right, hey, it is what it is. Only thing that sucked about it was I was in San Antonio and I had to go out at three o'clock in ball soup and go shag, yeah. uh, and then go back and take ground balls and then play the game. So that that month of adjusting was really exhausting. I got to play um, two games out there. I got one ball in two games, and then I went to the fall league. And I get to the fall league and. Um, um frank maddox r.i.p to frank maddox he tells me he's like yeah you're not gonna play shortstop no more son i'm like really he's like yeah you're not i'm like okay all right i get it but he's like but he's like you got i got you a coach with this with your fall league team that you're gonna love gary pettis taught me how to gary play center field on a, on a daily basis and we went out there every day he's like kid i'm they they i, I was I was assigned with a task to teach you how to play center field, and I will not fail you. And to this day, I when I was every team, I, every time I see Pettis, man, this is the dude who helped me play center field. Obviously, there's guys along the road, uh, Gary Thurman on the way, Gary Pettis, T-Bone Shelby, um, Wayne Kirby. These are guys that helped me uh, be a confident center fielder, be an aggressive center fielder, and you know. I, th- I think when Bill Bavese, I think it, it, the underlying thing is I told him this a couple years ago on, a, on, a, on another interview. I told Bill Bavese, I said, you know what? I appreciate what you did. I know it probably wasn't easy. And because, you know, it's you're telling your first rounder, we got to move you to another position and all this. Other guys, okay, you're the sixth rounder, 18th rounder. Do whatever you need to do. And I just told him, thank you. Because like Wayne Kirby always said, if I was playing shortstop, I'd be playing in Mexico and for the Tomateros. And I would have never made it to the major league and had a career that I had. So, you know, Bill Bavese gets a lot of credit for making a hard decision. And a lot of GMs have to make these decisions. A lot of guys that you see in the major leagues now didn't start at that position. And I'm sure it was a hard conversation that uh, a lot of them have had. had. And, and I embraced it. I said, hey, I can get to the big leagues quicker. Put me where I need to be. And winning gold gloves there. He hit. 20 homers seven times, 30 homers two or I think three times. Uh, Awesome career. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.